It's not often you get to interview on a podcast one of your best friends, a man who really is part of a family. Michael Murphy and his wife Valerie and their uh, children have been close to us for, well, since his kids were little and uh, since Michael and I were both younger. (laughs) So he was initially, years ago, got uh, radically saved, and he's going to give us his testimony. He is now one of the leading coaches for pastors and leaders all over the world with Leaderscape. It is how to grow church, how to do church in this atmosphere of COVID-19, how to build a healthy organization. So he coaches uh, CEOs of major corporations, as well as pastors of uh, major churches and churches of all sizes. In fact, his Facebook group for churches uh, and pastors has over 2,000 pastors that get something from him every single week. Michael Murphy was uh, accepted Christ at Hillsong Church back, I mean, 30 years ago when it was first starting, and then got so passionate about being a follower of Christ out of a really rough background that he became a, a guy on staff, and that's where he and I first met. In fact, what we talk about it, he had a, a little office that had, had been a former toilet. <laughs> it was in the bottom of these, this old building that uh, the city gave uh, Hillsong to use for 30 years ago. They said, here, you can just use the building. If you just keep it up, we'll give it to you for a dollar a year. So he had a little office that was literally a former uh, toilet, and they had redone it into an office. And Nick Kane who's also on a podcast with us, and he and his wife, Christine, have A21, an amazing ministry. But Nick was one of our first employees. He was coming out of high school every afternoon and duplicating tapes for my father, Dr. Ed Cole. And so Michael Murphy is absolutely one of the most fascinating people and uh, learned and a guy who just knows stuff, a man filled with wisdom. He was also a lead pastor. He and his wife, Valerie, were lead pastors of a great church in the Shire, which is southern uh, Sydney in the Cronulla area for 18 years, and now leading uh, Leaderscape with great coaching. And he's the founder of that, has a number of coaches on his team. And uh, just it, it, this is absolutely going to be a deep, moving, inspirational, revelatory time together on the podcast today in Brave Men. Remember, for all the tools you need to disciple men, to build a stronger church, to you personally becoming the man you desire to be and the man God designed you to be, go to cmn.men, Christian Men's Network, cmn.men, and you'll find all the tools there. Thanks for being with us today on Brave Men. You're going to love this time with Michael Murphy. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. Talking with Michael Murphy. Michael Murphy is a pastor, leader, author, coach, uh, president of a university, all sorts of stuff. You got all kinds of things going on. What do you do in your spare time? Life's full. Life's full. Grandkids. Grandkids. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah. And we were just talking about because you you talk with thousands of pastors with your ministry, Leaderscape. And that yep, yep. you intersect, if you will, faith, marketplace, uh, university life, all of those things. What are the when you because you're all about discipleship. Sure. You just did a course for Christian Men's Network yep. on discipling yep. people in, in a local church. Yeah. What's the biggest mistakes, if you will? I mean, what's the three biggest mistakes you see pastors do in terms of discipleship or not? And, and, or? and particularly discipling men. Mm, yeah, let's, let's skew it that way. Yeah. It's a great question. I think, um, I think first of all, they, start, they try and start big, not small. 
they what do you mean they they well they they go for the event mm. without so the production if you like rather than the process yeah um and i think i think it's it's no secret that men are craving community they they mm. want to they want to be able to hang the 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 aloneness of men and the whole mental health thing is is now legendary right. yeah and so i, I and do, well proved it really is yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. The, well the, documented the, well proved the stats are in you know yeah. and i think yeah. that this has been a really challenging time for humanoids <laughs> but, yeah. but particularly for men um yeah. and i think that um so i i think it would be better for pastors to start with a small group of men that they can turbocharge them see the transformation in their lives and then build from there rather than the the quarterly men's breakfast well we do the we try to you know we're event oriented we and we're also numbers oriented yep. because yep. it has to do with the performance and production and it seems it seems right? yeah it absolutely so we do this big thing that yep. we would call in the u.s a home run yeah you're from sydney you'd call it a six run <laughs> is yeah, that cricket six, over the fence exactly the yeah, fence, yeah, 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 yeah 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 <laughs> so. yeah no it's and i think we are we are wired that way and, mm. and and somehow the the numbers to an event operate as a an anesthetic mm. to the real thing or a, a almost a distraction to the real thing which is raising an army of discipled uh encountered transformed men so seeing a bunch of guys in a room Makes me feel better. Absolutely. Like on Sunday. You know, that's why we gravitate as pastors. And I'm not speaking against pastors. I is one. And I I love pastors. You pastored a local church for how many years? Well, 18 years. In a local church. Well, 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, three decades. Yeah, you helped launch uh, with Brian Houston, his church down there, Hillsong. Long time ago now, but yes. Many years ago. And then after a dozen or so years there... You pastored a local church years, in that's Southern right. Sydney for yep, 18 years. Yep, yep. And now you've become a coach over the last decade to leading pastors around the world. We, so you know this we, stuff. We are delighted. But you've seen it. We get to do it. Yeah, we have. We have. And I think, so that's the first thing. I think the second thing is um, we, we, we want to start a men's ministry, but without conviction. So this well, is what not... What does that mean? Well, we, 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 we go to church. You got to have women's ministry, you got to have men's ministry, you got to have the oh, kids' ministry. Yeah. You got to have gotta, men's ministry. You got to tick the box. Dude, got Now, now, now yeah. we don't think, we don't, we're not conscious of that. But yeah. if, you, if, you, if you just want a men's ministry, I, I would say don't touch it. Mm. The, versus a deep abiding conviction that part of the reason you're on the planet is to raise a generation of of Christ followers as men mm. who are transformed. And, I, I, and I've got several examples of this where pastors have done that. It's a slow burn, Paul. So, so you don't get the yippies of the quick fix. But I promise you, if you will put in out of a conviction of heart, you'll never look back. And the third thing mm. would be, don't know what to do. So I'd say curriculum. So if you're looking, if you're looking for alliteration, any of you there looking to preach this, um, I would say a, 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 a conviction, I would say community and a curriculum. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a conviction in your guts as a pastor, then yeah. I can do no other than this. Yeah. And, and you're prepared to back that to the hilt because it's hard. I mean, for ladies, and I'm not being uh, genderist here, but if you put on anything with ladies, they'll flock. 
ladies ladies say they easily do community they, they do words, community yeah. easily yeah, yeah. men go i mean heck they go to the bathroom together why yeah 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 <laughs> so, yeah when you asked me the other day did i said no dude i'm the, so so if you if you so so if there's a a conviction building community so just getting authentic getting real getting vulnerable and i think the leader always goes first in that regard and then the third thing you know, sorry, just while on that, guys don't want to hear about our heroics. They want to they hear about our stuff-ups. They mm-hmm. want to hear about the things that, that took us to the edge. Or the, and We were talking before about some of the books you've been yeah. reading recently and some of the guys that you've been, who, who've, who've had, you know, really catastrophic falls in some ways. Mm-hmm. And they're now prepared to talk about it. Well, one of our friends, uh, good friend Blaine Bartell, who has been on the podcast and is also going to be a... You know, a speaker on a regular basis at Lions Roar, Can't a yearly wait. conference. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Blaine is so vulnerable and open on this stuff, and it, and what it does is it helps others heal. Yeah. But I would say the majority of books I've read for men, if the author is talking about personal experiences, in most of those, he's the hero Ta-da. of that story. <laughs> and, I, and, and there's one guy in particular who's a great minister, very large ministry. And I read his book on men, and he used a, a story to try to establish some sort of yeah. connection yeah. at yeah. the start of every chapter. And every story was, wow. he was the hero. It's amazing. <laughs> and, and look, that's, that's a temptation, right? Well, it's just, we, it's a natural thing yeah. for us as guys. But, but I think... Why the, do I want to tell you about striking out in the baseball game yeah. in the ninth yeah. inning? Yeah. When I could tell you about knocking in a couple runs. Yeah, sure. Right? Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. I, but, but I think so. that... I when, get it. When you understand, I, I read something recently that said, if a, if you, if a, when, when you're around a big leader and you walk away going, wow, they are so great, that's nowhere near as good as if you're around a greater leader that you walk away from and go, oh, man, I'm great. I can do it. So when a leader makes you feel better mm. about the pathway ahead, and part of that is with the... Uh, the empathy and the resonating with their wounds. And yeah. you go, man, I, I, if he can do it, then I can do it too. Wow. And, 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 and nothing opens up a, an authentic relationship like one member of that relationship being prepared to go first in their own battle scars. Wow. So uh, when, we talk about, when we talk about those things, when we talk about performance and production, yep. and, and we've kind of made the pulpit this this icon of this is what ministry is about and uh if you can can perform it's great (laughs) now on the other hand on the other side of it what's wrong with that right you see what i'm saying what's wrong with production what's wrong with saying man you know our our men's ministry to men grew 38 percent last year nothing absolutely okay in my my background hillsong was the excellence there it wasn't even called Hillsong back in that day. Right, right. The excellence there is something I will never ever lose, and I'll always be challenging as we do lead pastors all around the world to to continue to do the very best with what they have. Right. Excellence is not doing as good as Stephen Furtick. Excellence mm-hmm. is doing the very best with what you have regarding Sunday. My best. My best. And, yeah. and to continue to roll the red carpet out, not just for your churches, but for those that are still seeking to find answers in faith. Mm. 
But I'll always say, that's what I'm saying, depends on what you're after. If you want mm -hmm. a teaching center, just go nuts on preaching. That's it. If that's all it is, and though there are some schools of thought that say, just got to preach the gospel and that's it, it's just not biblical. The, 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 like, it, as a disciple-making tool. Of course, it's part of the suite that we are given. Of course, we're, we're called to preach the gospel. Of course, it's foolishness to those that don't understand it. But, yeah. but, but, but we've got to build community. Well, but the church didn't grow because of the preaching in a temple. The early church grew because of the fellowship around the table. Absolutely. Because in 70 AD, the temple was destroyed. Yep. Yep. When Christians and Jews alike ran for their lives, Jerusalem was destroyed. Mm -hmm. It had been chaos yep. since Jesus had, had left this band of brothers and friends yep. in charge. But they had to run for their lives. And when they did, they didn't have a temple. Yep. What they had for about 300 years was a table. Yeah. They met from house to house. Powerful. So I, I know there are many meeting house to house and church to church. And, and you're not slamming on not the all. guy who builds the, no, no, no. the they, big thing. We, we love our, all of the pastors we work with. And I think everyone should do the very best what they can on a Sunday. Yeah. What I'm saying is we would never see, like the devil wouldn't say for dust if we mm. put at least as much attention on our processes for making disciples yeah, yeah. as we do on our Sunday performance. Yeah. Here's another way to put it. Yeah, that's good. Every church that I've ever been in, including the ones that I led, were we, we, we practice selective excellence based upon subjective emphasis. Hmm. So in other words, my excellence on a Sunday, it's in seasons was like, man, I noticed that light out. Those chairs aren't straight. Come on. Can't we clean the rubbish yeah. bins? Yeah, I noticed stuff, right? And hopefully you're not the only one, Pastor, who's right. noticing it. If, if you are, then we can totally relate to that. Right. But if we shifted the same amount of effort and focus on our, on our discipling, on our assimilation, in my mind, your welcome team is as important, if not more important, than your worship team. Wow. Yeah, because it's all part of the whole experience. It's about people. At the end yeah, of the day, a, Jesus is not going to say, and again, this might yeah. sound cynical, but it's not intended mm. that way. Please hear my heart in this as, you, as you're listening to this podcast. It, 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 when, we, when we understand that Jesus is not going to say, how excellent were your services? Mm. Well done, good and faithful servant. Wow. Yeah. He's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? How'd you disciple? How'd you go with the, the, the Great Commission? And that's about people and about moving people along their discipleship yeah. journey. Yeah. Ministry is about come. Mission is about go. Yeah. And what we have is we have a combination. We are called to ask people to come, come and see. Absolutely. That's totally biblical. Come and see. Yeah. And well, thank you. I try to be biblical in these podcasts. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. So, but but some, of, some of those people decry that. They'll yeah. say, well, we're, we're not an attractional church. Why not? Yeah. Why not? The, 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 That's the, a the, great question. The disciples say, it's almost like that, there's an inference in that question. Well, are you, are you an attractional? Like, that's a bad thing. Well, there's, you go back to the, the Old Testament prophet who said in the prophecy about the Messiah, mm. said he was not comely or with form that would attract us to his physical mm -hmm. presence. Mm -hmm. But. Okay. And so we take that and we go, oh, okay. So it's like, uh, then what happens is in, I think, 596, Pope Gregory said that uh, the desire for tasteful things or 
I'm trying to remember how he put it. He said the desire for those things which are of beautiful taste was vile. I think he said croissants. Yeah, croissants. <laughs> yeah, anything with <laughs> anything with butter on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he said it was vile. And so all of a sudden, man, they shifted that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And what we did is, if we're not careful, we move away and say, well, you know, God will just bring the right people. You know, God, God will just bring people. Yet, here's the thing. Jesus it says he was without form. In other words, Judas had to go over and kiss the guy on the cheek for those Roman soldiers to know which guy was the Messiah. Yeah. He didn't stand out. No, no, no. His, his but, blazing blue eyes did not but, shine in the <laughs> well, garden. Well, the long blonde hair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we call him Swedish Jesus. Right. Very so, good. So, but he was attractive. So it says that crowds and crowds and crowds of people. And kids. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they would pass the children over the crowds mm-hmm. for him to bless mm-hmm. them. You know, I just want my child. You know, what is that if it's not attraction? Yeah. Right? So the yep. attraction wasn't that he had some sort of uh, great charismatic presence as he walked in a room and everybody turned and went, mm. ooh. Mm. You know, what happened was his, the, the presence of his spirit. Yeah who he was, the fact that people were healed, the fact that people came together, the fact that people that love walked in the room and you could sense the yeah, atmosphere yeah, of his yeah. presence. That's what did it. I think that I totally agree with all of that. I think that when, when we put some effort and we'll talk about the flip side in a moment, but when we put some effort into a service that is designed to roll the red carpet out to those right. that are yet to know. Yeah. It's akin to what God did in the incarnation wow. of Jesus. Yeah. God, God busted every cultural, cosmic barrier, celestial yeah. barrier, yeah. in order for Jesus to leave the salubrious right hand of the Father in mm. heaven and was born in a stinky little feed trough. And then yeah. he grew up, didn't do a yeah. miracle for 30 years. We know that story. But all of that was about him resonating with who we are. Yeah. In church services, excellence is as much audience-centric as it is production or technical-centric. Mm. It's does the service resonate emph- emphatically and em- empathetically with where people live? That provides a bridge to the Word of God, which actually does the work. Well, I'll tell you something, man. If people are coming to our house and we know it, you know, like if, if we know ahead, you know, Michael and Val are, yeah. are, are coming to our house. And, and what does Judy do? Well, she, she doesn't just let everything go and, you know, and everything you leave out stays out. She goes around, she cleans everything, she puts fresh flowers out, yeah. she makes sure that everything's just right. I think when you guys walked in the other night, she had, I don't know, a cheese board or something, or Amazing. there was a cake, there was a cake there. Yep, yep. freshly and, baked. And a fresh little, uh, some drinks for yep. us, and yep. all these different things. Amazing. You know, why? Because, She's an incredible host. Because it's about love. Yes, it is. And it's about affection. Yep. And, and if, if we don't love people, mm-hmm. you know what, Michael, I think that's why sometimes... We wonder, well, why don't they show up? Because they're not feeling the love, man. It, that people people go where they feel wanted, and I wow. think that's yeah. that's the thing. If we if if the if the focus on people people engagement and movement, and I know when I say that, it again sounds critical, and it's like we got that. We got some greeters, and we we, we yeah. But, yeah. but I, I'm it's it's the it's the final ten and twenty percent. Yeah. 
it's it's the it, we've all everyone has greeters. Everyone's yeah. got a car park yeah. attendant. Yeah. Everyone's got we've all got the thing. Yeah, but the <laughs> but it's the finesse of the thing. It's actually. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the little texture, it's it really the little is, things. Really because I remember a church we ended up attending, and becoming very very involved and members of, pastored by a man who became a very dear friend, Jim Garlow. But I remember the first guy that ever greeted us as we walked in, because I think what happened was they just you know it was like okay, we need this team, we need the pulpit team, and it was a, a church just launching. Yeah, we need the people who do the sound, we need this, and uh, uh, yeah, we need some greeters. Well, who's left? Hey, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so the guy that greeted us. He had all these little Jesus buttons on, and he had, like, stickers. He was, and, he was a fanatic. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah, it. He was. Every, every church has got he was the Jesus that sticker guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, maybe he was holding a, a, you know, a flag in the color taupe. Of course, yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, so he, he, <laughs> I remember walking up, and the door wasn't open. And so as we walk up, he opens the door, and then here's this guy in a T-shirt and a like bib overalls with all these flair. Hey, <laughs> we're like, yeah. and Judy's like, are we, is this for us? We, is this, yeah. are we at the right place? <clears throat> yeah. And it's about, it's about thoughtfulness, thinking through the eyes of someone that's hitting the front door for the first time. And so if we do the same thing then with, with caring for those, yeah. I've got a conviction, yeah. uh, con context discipleship, but yeah. whenever someone comes into our orbit, I got a conviction they've been sent by God. Wow! Now, yeah. now you yeah. could argue that yeah. toss theologically, but if 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 God, if if we're if we're on mission that God is already, if we get on mission yeah, with what yeah. God's already on, God wants to see people connected to Christ yeah. and to His the ecclesia, to His church, way more than we ever do. Yeah. And so He's already working in their lives. So when they come to the front door of the church or to cross the threshold or even into one of our small groups. I, I call them God's guests. Yeah, they have been sent yeah. by God. Wh how we handle those guests actually needs to befit that. Well, it shows our heart and our spirit. I, I give you a, a couple things. One is uh, when Jesus, when he, when he got his first disciples, the 12 guys, right? The 12 disciples. He didn't just take whoever showed up. Yep. In fact, there probably were some that just showed up. Mm-hmm. And like, choose me, choose me. Yeah. And uh, he chose the disciples. Yeah. He went out and purposefully, Prayed or not. on purpose, yeah. chose them. I happen to think, having studied this a lot more now mm -hmm. over the years, that he might have known a number of these guys already. Oh, almost certainly. I he think. may have already made furniture yep. for them or yep. helped them build a house or mm -hmm. uh, he knew a, maybe all of them. Mm -hmm. and, and over the years, he's like, yeah, that guy, that guy. Gosh, that guy, he meets this guy when he's 14, mm -hmm. he watches his life, and he goes, yeah, you, you, you. He mm. chose them. So my point is choose the people who are at the front door. Mm. Mm. Choose them on purpose. Okay, here's the second thing. Doug Murin, great friend, who wrote a number of books, uh, particularly in the late 80s. And did, did he do leadership? Mm, yeah, that's yeah, leadership. He did. Yeah, Doug yeah. Murin, a great friend. And he said to me uh, about three or four years on the phone, years ago on the phone and we were talking about men and attracting men and having men in your church. He said, mm. Paul, here's the, here's the problem we've had in our churches. He said, we have built a seeker model mm -hmm. 
for people who are seeking a connection with God or seeking peace. Or mm. see, he said, the problem is most men are not seekers. Wow. They're runners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Particularly this generation. Yeah, they're running from God. Yeah. They, they, they don't want anything to do with it. And so, uh, so I think that's a, a fascinating uh, inversion of that whole model. Now, now tell me about, and I'm talking with uh, Michael Murphy, president of Alpha Crucis, uh, founder and uh, lead coach of Leaderscape. And, uh, but you've been a local pastor, businessman, uh, football player, married, we kids. One wife, three kids, four grandkids. Poor green kiss. Yeah, it's fantastic. Amazing. We were talking about uh, these amazing, this amazing thing. I want to go something totally different than sure. just discipleship of men. I want to talk about how God works in our lives mm. in, in mysterious ways. And you talked about God bringing somebody across your path. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my, in fact, he's, he's my professor right now in the doctorate program I'm doing, uh, Dr. Leonard Sweet. Mm-hmm. And Lynn, uh, if somebody can get to him and suggest a book to read, he figures it came from God. Mm. He says if somebody somehow gets his email or his text, you know, and says, hey, or he's with somebody, and he'll buy that book, and he reads a book a day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he figures, and I feel like that. So let's go sliding doors. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And let me get some of your background, because you didn't grow up a follower of Christ. No, no. Right? I had a Roman Catholic background. Yeah. So there was some sort of uh, and seed. Then, and then I was, just to be transparent, we're yeah. doing a podcast here, so let it all hang out. When I was 14 years of age, um, I had a an adult male befriend me mm. and basically sexually abused me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not a priest, but he was ve- it was like a deacon, someone yeah. connected to the church. He was quite in good Trustworthy. Standing. Yeah, he really was. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and as a young 14-year-old working out your own sexuality, uh, rather than tell anyone about it, I decided to prove my heterosexuality right. and get involved in as many uh, sexual liaisons, fornic- yeah. Yeah, liaisons good, good way of putting it, relationships as I could. And that lasted pr- pretty much from 15 through to um, when I got married, uh, mm. when, I, when I came to Christ. Yeah. And, then, and then in the midst of that, I ended up with a teenage pregnancy at 18. Um, we'd been going out for 18 months, this girl and I. Right. And, uh, and so we, I dropped out of university, mm. got three jobs, raised a lot of money uh, to try and set up home. We're going to get married. That relationship fell badly apart and I never saw the child. And I don't say that to, to seek um, uh, um, so sympathy mm. it's just a reality mm-hmm. uh, i was i was a mess at that time i blew that money on alcohol and partying for the next couple of months and i was off my face a lot of that time wow roll the roll the, the tape forward had a near fatal accident should have been killed had a little scratch on my back in the end but flipped a car wow. i was blind drunk fortunately i was in the car and came to christ a couple of months later wow and that was where my life was radically changed. Yeah. Um, my mm. life bumped into, he was preaching at the time, Brian Houston. And, uh, and, that, that, and then I met your dad, um, well, heard your dad speak initially on... on Within just a few months of coming to Christ. So soon after. Wow. And then went to a, took myself along to a, I uh, heard he was, he was speaking. I asked a few guys, I said, no, I can't make it. So I just went myself. The University wow. of New South Wales, I'll never forget it. Mm. And uh, and I wet my way through wow. his messages, and uh, and it it really just cemented everything. 
Yeah, amazing. And then, and then, but but going back even further, your wife Valerie. Yeah. Her dad. Yeah. These are these are two amazing so stories. These are her father, sliding doors. And then and then, my your grandfather. Dad. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So with with my wife's dad. So we are now, we were two broken people came together mm. and now serving God. She's with me on this particular trip. Yeah. It's a, you know, two and a half, three month trip, um, helping pastors all over the world. Her dad was a rear gunner. He was a machine gunner in, at Dunkirk wow. when the 40,000 flotilla of boats came over yeah. from England across yeah. the channel and, and the British escaped and he held off the Nazis. Then what happened? He was the last he was the group last, that held off. And, and, so they're and, the ones that survived. got captured. Absolutely. So then he was marched wow. by, by, by Churchill, um, the British prime minister, down the coast of France to mm -hmm. St. Valerie. I've got one tattoo and it says St. Valerie wow. with a Y. My wife's name's Valerie with a Y. And St. Valerie is where her dad was captured because not many people know this. Churchill surrendered 10,000 British troops to the Nazis when the Nazis put a pincer movement on them. So he was then marched across Europe, escaped seven times from POW times. camps. Wow. And I always, during World War II, during the hot... The most part of part World of it, War II. Yeah. And I say to people, I'm glad he, he didn't give up after that sixth. Uh, wow. Because I when mean, he, when he escaped, that. the war finished... He went back to England, met my wife's mum. They got yeah. married. My wife was born, and I've got the most amazing wife yeah. in the world. Yeah. On the other side, sliding doors. Yeah. Right? If he hadn't escaped that last six time, I don't know. Think about this. Would yeah. he have gone back? I, I, would, would I have had my wife? Would she? Have, I don't know. No. On the other side of my family, of my family, this is my mum's dad, was a an orphan in Johannesburg. He used to tell stories of picking cockroaches out of his hope bill in the morning it was a horrendous situation wow. back in the day anyway he he, he got it got a trade and became a master craftsman a french polisher don't even exist today i don't mm. think furniture and caskets coffins when they used to yeah, make yeah. them of, yeah. and raised enough money for the for the ship fare from Jah from south africa to perth australia in trying to get to the boat in time he, he literally missed the boat. Not metaphorically, like I yeah. missed the boat. He, he missed the he boat. He missed he didn't, he, the he, trip. The, the, the trip that he had the ticket for, he, he didn't get on. That boat tragically went down somewhere in the, I think, Indian Ocean. Wow. 300 souls were lost wow. and he could have been on it. And he caught the next boat, got to Perth, made his way to Sydney, met my mum's mum. My mum was born and I was her firstborn. Sliding Goodness. doors. Side yeah, when we talk about that, there, there was a movie, and it may have come from a book, and it, it's an idea and a thought uh, about somebody that made a subway, and then you see their life differently or parallel by not making the subway train. Yeah, yeah. The doors shut, and as the sliding doors are shutting, she jumps in, and her life becomes one way. Uh, you see it later. The filmmaker did a brilliant job. The door is actually shut this time. She didn't make it, and how different her life yeah. is from yeah. that one moment absolutely it's amazing here's, when we begin to look at life here's a thought yeah. in, the, in the kingdom of god because we are all on we're his sons and daughters yeah those of us i mean he loves everyone those of us that is, have committed our lives to him there are possibly hundreds of sliding doors wow. that you don't even and if you were listening to this right now you don't even realize it wow 
but because he's kept you on the right side of the sliding mm. door or the right centimeter or an inch from the accident that you didn't even know was about to happen. Wow. You are of divine design. You Come have on. a destiny in God because you are still on the right side of the sliding doors. Don't regret what might have happened. Just continue to walk one foot in front of the other and follow the designer himself. Amen. Man, dude, that's strong, bro. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, one of my favorite scriptures. Oh, I love it. Says, uh, you're, he says, uh, you're my masterpiece. I created you for good works from before you were ever born. Mm. That word masterpiece is a word poema. And that word poema means a master craftsman who has made something without leaving anything out. In other words, crafted to the fullest. Beautiful. Nothing left undone. Incredible. I think it's the actual yeah, yeah, definition. Yeah, nothing yeah. left undone. So here's so God looks at you and me and says, You are my masterpiece. Wow. Yeah. It's just an amazing picture. And so often we get down on ourselves and we forget the goodness of God and we forget yeah. the grace of God. And yeah. we forget that this guy, you know, I can imagine uh, as you and Valerie, you know, negotiated because you both came from oh my some broken places. I can tell you some stories, dude. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and you'd be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, tell you, yeah. that's true. <laughs> my wife's probably not listening yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> we're going to have to make sure we don't tell yeah, her. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but the fact is, is that you guys negotiated that, yeah. both of you strong people. There had to have been some times where you totally forgot the grace of God that yeah. actually brought you together. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the one grandfather missing the boat and and the other, uh, you know, the dad. Yeah. Seven escapes from prisons mm -hmm. of war, mm -hmm. and these things come together in the master design of God, yeah. Yeah. and how quickly we forget yeah. we, the goodness we get, of God. We get so enamored and overwhelmed with the here and now, yeah. like that. When let's say when we had arguments, and we had a lot in the early days, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Valerie, and and she would tell you this if she was on the a podcast with yeah. us um her background consequentially with her dad coming back with post-war syndrome right. before it even PTSD, had PTSD before they knew what it was didn't even have a title call it shell shock didn't then, even a have a title shock, yeah. and so he was quite a violent man wow. in fact she wrote a book called dancing with she my has Daddy, a great book which was which was designed initially in her head to be a book about an abusive father, but it ended up being a healing journey for her yeah. as she reflected on her dad's brokenness in light of the purity and perfection wow. of her heavenly father. Wow. And so when we were in the midst of those arguments, we weren't thinking about no generational sliding doors, dude. <laughs> we, were, we were slamming doors, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I think that, again, for everyone listening here, we can all be so full of regrets, mm. so full of woulda, coulda, shouldas. Oh, my goodness. You, you wish you'd have been born with We beat ourselves up, Right man. side of the track. L yeah. Listen, pastors, if you're a pastor, you are my hero. And I Absolutely. know Paul feels the same way. Yeah. What you have done in leading those precious people that God has entrusted into mm -hmm. your care over this last incredibly tumultuous traumatic, season. Traumatic. You're season. a, you're a yeah. flipping genius, Pastor. Yeah. Like, you, you're you, still you've, ta you've taken your leadership out for a spin, and Jesus says to you, well done, good and faithful shepherd. Yeah. And, and so here's the great confidence you can have, the same leadership gift that not only survived, but led your people through the most difficult time many of them have been through. 
that same leadership gift is still on your life mm. and is there to be able to build a kick butt, authentic, genuine, disciple making church that sees all your dreams in Christ Amen. become reality. Amen. Talking with Michael Murphy, the uh, lead coach and founder of Leaderscape. And uh, also uh, on the board of Christian Men's Network, you can find resources you need for discipling men at cmn.men. Don't go to cnn.com. No, no, that, no, that'll be a very different message. This is not going to get you anywhere. No, no. cmn.men. <laughs> C-M-N. And uh, president of Alpha Crucis University. And in fact, the Alpha Crucis University is the first. Well, tell me so, about this. So we, we've it's, been, it's pretty we, amazing what's we're, happened. We're a, we've been a higher education institution, initially a little Bible college, yeah. as many of these things start out, right. 75 years ago. And so I've had the privilege of being on the board for the last 10. We broadened our offering from um, ministry and, and, and uh, theology to leadership and business and education, sociology, and yeah, applied, yeah. applied yeah. sciences. So we've got three major schools. Wow. And uh, over the last well, 20 years, we've been carrying in our heart a vision to be the very first spirit-filled evangelical university and so it's been a long journey paul yeah. and uh, uh, yeah, literally the, the catholics have got a couple and mm-hmm. there's now a couple of others but spirit-filled uh evangel- that there has been none in our history of our nation of australia and so wow. only about a, a little while ago we were awarded university college status, status wow. which is such a significant step it's huge uh, I mean, we offer from certificate through to doctorate, PhDs in all of those fields. And uh, we, we have a dream to be a full research university that will ab- be able to do some conservative research uh, on, on families and, 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 um, and values that are based upon a biblical conservative mm-hmm. foundation that hopefully, because no one else is doing research on some of the craziness that's happening right now, because mm-hmm. it's, it's just against the political uh, grain, uh, gender and, 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 um, and some of the other things that yeah, are, that are fluidity. out there, all of that. It, you, when young children are being impacted by that. Well, I call it values fluidity. We, we just That's don't really know the impact of that. Uh, yeah. gen- I, mean, I think no, we, we do know, but but there needs to be the research done. We do so we look know. forward to that. Yeah, we, I In, think we know. Intuitively, we know. Yeah, yeah. intuitively, yeah. But empirically... But I, I would say, going back to a couple of things, and, and uh, we could talk all day on a number of these issues, but because you're well-learned and you coach people, uh, but I, I feel like those of us who have come through the last few years, which would basically be anybody listening. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Has actually been affected by trauma. Yeah. I think we need to give ourselves a little space. I think that's true. I think we need to give ourselves a little grace. Yeah. Uh, I believe we need to, um, if you will, and it's not backing off of the desire, here's my goals, here's where I want to go. It's just that, you know, uh, if we get upset, see, we don't, Judy and I don't have arguments anymore. We call them discussions now. Great. We've matured. Great. Great. It might be this, it, not quite as loud as it used to be, <laughs> but so we call them discussions. But, you know, that whole thing, the stuff that rises up in us, yeah. you know, I think we need to give ourselves a little space and we need to like back off of a few things and go, you know what? I've gone through a major trauma. Yep. 
And this anger I'm feeling right now isn't because of that person or that situation or my wife or my kids or that. It's really my reaction to the fact that I've come through Mm. trauma. No, and we have to we have to recognize that yeah. it's it's the PTSD that yeah. that uh, Valerie's dad came through and didn't nobody yeah. knew what it was didn't know how to help him out. I mean, apart from the trait the freight train of COVID of the soul right <laughs> coming down right. the line, yeah. which I think will be years and years in the you mm. know like we won't even know the impact of that. I think that there one if there's one good thing that's come out of this is and maybe it was belated. But, but a fresh understanding of the importance of well-being of the soul. Yeah. And my hope is that even as pastors and leaders and men's ministers, that we would be able to be there as a, not just a listening ear, but really appreciating how important freedom from the inside really is. Yeah. Wow. How, uh, give me a couple things as we close uh, the Brave Men podcast. Thank you, uh, my friend, for being a part of it today and listening and yeah. being with Michael and I. It's really a blessing. I love hearing from you. Write to me at paul at cmn.men. Give me a couple of things, Michael, talking with Michael Murphy. Uh, you, you coach leading pastors around the world. Yep. Give me a couple of things that you've seen, and particularly with discipling men, mm. Give me a couple of things that, that, uh, you know, if you said, if somebody said, man, I just can't do all this stuff. And you said, Hey, there's at least a couple of things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. What would be the, uh, if you will, core value or, uh, the irreducible hap- you have to, you need to do this. What would be those things? I, I think, um, when we're te- when we're talking community, I know, I know I probably used the word before Yeah. the, the, the the marketplace is now talking connectedness. Right. And it's kind of like a, 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 a community on steroids. Mm. And so I think one of the things almost every single church we, we consult with, uh, we have the privilege of coming alongside the lead pastor. We work a lot on their first step in connectedness. From the moment someone comes into the, into the car park, into the into the foyer, uh, really marshalling that well, not about getting rattling the drum and grabbing their details, but building trust really mm. quickly, exceeding their expectations of hospitality. So that would be the first thing. Um, I think the second thing is that not to so much focus on lagging indicators. I'd be, I'd be good as gold to say, Stop worrying about your your numbers on a Sunday. Stop worrying about your offerings. If you attend to the leading health indicators, like guests, what's happening there, your growth track, your groups, your teams, your leadership pipeline, honestly, the Sunday thing will look after itself. itself. And then the third thing, and and I'll Mm. draw upon the experience that one of the churches we've had the privilege of working with for probably the last four or five years, they were stuck at about 370 people, which, you know, for many pastors listening to this, they go, well, man, I'd love that. But, yeah. but you know, it's, it's, so it's not it's, a, it's it's not not a, a bad tiny church. It's, it's a good, good number. It's a, great number. But he had so much more in his heart. And, uh, and they got, he got very, very, I mean, we worked with them. We helped with all of the processes and the templates that we do for disciple making. Yeah. But then he, he got this conviction in his gut about discipling men. Mm. 
he just texted me a couple of days ago. This is about three or so years on, and they they cracked fifteen hundred. <laughs> so it's almost fivefold in Sunday attendance during COVID. It's four. It's fourfold um, uh, in his finances. Yeah. And again, it's not what it's about. It's not about bums on seats and money yeah. in the offering, but it, it's a it's a measure of of the fact that this thing has really worked. More than that, every single Sunday, he has a he has someone's wife come up to him, yeah, often with tears in her eyes, saying, "What have you done to my husband?" Yeah, a thank man. you, thank you, thank you, and yeah. and when when that happens, and and it happens, it's ha- this is happening on mass it's just as a pastor it's just so powerful i had we were in curitiba brazil with our team there and uh marcos pole our director and george nishimura who uh helped found university who was the founder of university of the family and they're our partner for christian's network and we have seven thousand small groups across brazil now but we were in curitiba and uh this couple got up uh, probably uh, early 40s, really nice looking. Uh, and so they got up and uh, uh, Maria and Jose and uh, Jose and Maria and Maria gets up first and she says, I thank God for this ministry. You know, I thank God for maximized manhood and and for what's happened here in Curitiba and our small group because it changed my husband. She said, <laughs> she said, you know, every day. For at least the last 10 years, I would wake up in the morning and every day I would pray, dear God, please make me a widow. <laughs> she That's was, hilarious. And, and Jose's standing there and he kind of turns like maybe he hadn't heard that before. <laughs> and she said, uh, she said, I would wake up every day and pray that, dear God, make me a widow. And she said, and now he's changed, went to the men's group, the maximized manhood and and went through courage and strong men at tough times. And he's a different man. Wow. I thank God for this ministry. So then Jose gets up and he said, I thank God for this ministry. He said, uh, he said it, it made me a different man. It has saved my marriage. And apparently it's also saved my, my life. life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And, and I mean, everybody died laughing. Yeah. But true, real true. Wow. And she had prayed that, dear God, make Gosh. me a widow. Because it was so, it was such a hell on earth and her life turned into heaven. And I talked to them separately and had them, you know, well, first of all, I thought the translator had gotten it wrong. I'm like, dude, that, that, yeah, there's yeah. no way she said that. Yeah. Such a nice looking yeah. woman, yeah. you know, three kids. And uh, so I got them separately and I said, did you, you know, I asked her the translator, did you actually say this? She goes, yes, that's what I said. You know, so uh, thanks for being with us on Brave Men today. Michael. Absolute pleasure. It's a blessing. Can, and, can uh, I just, yeah, one, yeah. one final thing, yeah. just as you were yeah. saying that, and, and again, this happens every now and then, just feel real prompted that, mm. that there's some men listening to this right now. Mm. Yeah. And you've asked the question, has my wife ever prayed that prayer? Wow. And you feel she possibly has, yeah. and you don't know what you can do about it. I want to encourage you, sir, that you can be the man that you always dreamed of being and that she always dreamed that you would become. As you submit your life to Christ, as you find somewhere that is engaging in this 
Christian Men's Network curriculum. And it's not a, it's not an ad. You're already on the podcast. So you're already in somehow yeah. in the family yeah. here. Come on. But can I just go from being a listener to someone who is humbly engaged in transformation? Mm. S- hear the words that Dr. Cole, Paul, Dr. Ed Cole and Dr. Paul Cole have written as words from God, and you too could be that testimony, not of a deceased man at a funeral, but as someone whose wife stands beside you thanking God for Mm -hmm. the transformed man she now has. I just felt to say that. I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. That is awesome. Romans 12, 2 says, change your life by changing the way you think. Amazing. And so we know that by changing the way we think, we change the action of our lives. Because what you put in your heart is what you end up doing with your hands. Absolutely. And most men live in the trauma of their head uh-uh. rather than the presence of God in their heart. And uh, let's change that. Let's move Come that. On. Go to cmn.men. You can get the resources, materials, tools. You also need to get into a life-giving church yeah, yeah. Uh, locally where you are. Uh, give us a city. Maybe you can write to me at paul at cmn.men. We may know somebody in the area. Most likely we do can direct you to a a fine church, whether you're in Uganda right now or Malaysia or uh, Waterloo, Iowa. So uh, it's been great having you, Michael. Great to have you on the podcast. And thank you for being with us today on Brave Men. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. Jesus. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.